Everybody has to sell. Look, when you walk into a store, all right, when you walk into a store, for example, and uh, every single person, every single person that you see that works there is an ambassador of the store. They're all in sales. And the experience you have with each one of those people defines your experience you have with that company overall. I'm looking forward to sharing you know, some of my thoughts, the experience that I've had, and also the experience of our customers of how they're succeeding during these COVID times and what's going to help you afterwards beyond these COVID times. Huan Song here, sales trainer at Soko. Tom recently did a Facebook Live packed with great content with Vinu Bhagavan. And while the Facebook Live was a lot of fun, the audio we captured of Vinu wasn't very good. So I'm standing in to ask Vinu's questions. Enjoy this episode. How do you see the COVID situation affecting people in business, marketing, and sales? And how can they sell in the present times with social distancing being enforced? Yeah, okay, so that's a, that's a great question. That's, that's, a, that's a really tricky one. So how do I see this situation for people in business, marketing, sales? How do they sell in the present times as social distancing is the order of the day? Okay, so we're doing a lot of uh, sessions right now with sales teams around how do we sell in this environment when we can't meet face-to-face -face with people. So the short answer is you've got to get really good at social selling. So as you heard in my introduction, Venu mentioned that I've written two books on sales. One is called The Soho Solution, 21 Selling Strategies for Growing Your Small Business. Uh, the second one is called Social Selling. 10 Essential Strategies to Prospect, Position, and Present Using Social Media. So what exactly does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, I wrote that book in 2015, 2015, when most people were asking, well, what exactly is social selling? And is it just a fad? Will it go away? Who's going to sell using social media? Isn't that just for sharing cat videos and, and baby photos? No. Social media is not just social but it's also selling so it's how do you use social media to sell so the, the what businesses need to do right now is they need to fully embrace social media they need to 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 use social media as a prospecting tool so you've got to be hunting so so many people out there you know maybe you work for a big company with big marketing budgets well good for you you can get a lot of brand awareness but there's not a lot of inbound inquiries for a lot of people right now. Maybe you run a small business. You know, maybe you're in construction or you're a builder or you're just you know, an entrepreneur. You run your own small business. You don't have people coming knocking on your door. So you need to get out there and hunt and prospect for leads. This is where we're at right now. People have to be more aggressive. They have to move from, from passive to proactive in their, in their sales process. So social media is going to be a big one. So I can go in depth later on, but to answer that first question, um, the way I, I see selling in the present time and then beyond is you've got to have this digital mindset and be open to selling online. You've got to be open to um, generating leads online, prospecting, hunting for people, going on LinkedIn, for example, and doing advanced searches on companies, roles, titles, um, specific departments and then start reaching out to those people connecting on LinkedIn and then also um, putting them in some sort of a sequence so I can go deeper into that later but you've got to start getting really good 
at prospecting using social media, really good at, at um, positioning yourself. So you've got to be really good at sharing, whether it's videos or blog posts or, or articles and tips and, and slides and infographics. You've got to get really good at sharing content on social that positions you as an authority, that positions you as the number one logical choice in your space. And then third, you've got to be good at using social media to actually present, whether it's doing videos like this, whether it's doing a, a demo, a demonstration of your product or service. Um, you've got to be really good at asking for the sale, reading body language. So the great thing about Zoom is you can actually see people. So it's not the same as face-to-face, -face, but it sure is better than the telephone. You can actually see people. You can gauge their body language. Um, are they smiling? Are they nodding their heads? Or are they leaning back a little bit, frowning with their arms crossed? So you can see what's going on with your prospect through video. So really, social selling hasn't um, replaced conventional selling, but it's really enhanced it. It's evolved it and taken it to the next level. So you all, we all need to get better at social selling, and that's what's going to help us now and in the future. So I can say more later, but I think that's enough for that one question. I hope that was helpful. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tom. So what advice can you give business owners and entrepreneurs on how to go to market with new strategies because the virus looks like it's going to be here to stay for a while? Do they need to utilize digital platforms and learn how to sell online instead of in person? Yeah, so thanks a great question. And this is the question that everybody should be asking is what's next? Where do I go from here and what am I supposed to do next? So is it conventional, digital, or a blend of both? Well, the answer is a blend of both. Right. So what we recommend customers do is they, they adopt, you know, what, what is known as an omni-channel approach to sales and marketing. Omni-channel. So that means multiple channels, multiple touch points. So back in the day, you know, I was just on a podcast um, a couple days ago uh, talking about outbound sales and field sales and how those sales reps are used to going out in the field and meeting with customers face to face, whether it's in their office or a trade show or a conference. That's, that's the way that they're built. That's how they sell. But now they can't do that anymore. So they have to change things up a little bit. So you need to take an omni-channel approach. What does that look like? Um, you know, conventional marketing. Well, what's conventional? So you have to have a blend of cold calls or warm calls with the phone. You've got to use email, you've got to use LinkedIn, you've got to use WhatsApp or whatever messaging platform you use. Um, you've got to use possibly Facebook as well. You've got to use Zoom to present. You've got to use a whole bunch. So now more than ever, now more than ever, sales professionals and business owners are faced with a huge technology stack, okay? 20 years ago, it was easier to sell. You would just go out and just, you know, hey, everybody, I'm over here, <laughs> right? Or you could hand out some flyers or post something or hand out some name cards. And, and maybe, you know, you'd get some business and, and some, some referral people would come around and, 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 and would spread the word about you. Now, all of that stuff is still useful, but you, you reach fewer people. Look, your customers now are online. They're online right now looking for solutions to their challenges. 89% of all purchases start with an online search. 
89% of all purchases start with an online search. Think about it. The last time you bought something, you probably went online first and did some research, right? We always Google stuff to find out, right? We're looking at reviews and recommendations and we hop on Amazon or any, any of these websites. So we start with an online search. So look, that's where your customers are. If you're not where, if you're not there, if they can't find you, you won't close deals. So, I mean, you've got to go all in with digital, uh, whether it's digital marketing, like digital ads, content marketing. So con I can say more later, but content marketing with content creation, blog posts, articles, videos, slide decks. So you've got to go all in with content to position you as an authority. Um, and then you've also got to go all in with, let's say, ads, whether it's Facebook ads or Google ads, to drive traffic to your website. So important. So the world has changed. And it's changed because the way customers buy has changed. So the way you sell has to change. Nothing's ever going to take away the phone, but let's face it. You use this for more than phone calls. You rarely use it for phone calls, right? You're using it for countless other applications. So you've got to be 100% on board with, uh, with digital. Um, and and it's, a, it's a blend, and they work well together. You, you hit someone up, you know, someone sees your Facebook ad, they click on your website, then they download uh, an opt-in form. You get their email address and phone number. So you hit them up with either an automated email sequence or a personalized email requesting a call. You hop on the phone and then you schedule maybe a live demo where you can talk them through your product in more detail using Zoom. I mean, you've already hit maybe five or six different mediums just to close that deal. So that's a great question. And, it, and the answer is it's a blend of both, mostly digital. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Tom. A lot of sales are happening online now, and it is not just happening in Singapore, not just in Canada, but it's everywhere on the planet, isn't it, Tom? 100%. And one, one other thing I want to add there is 89% of all purchases start with an online search. Now, for those of you who go, oh, okay, well, maybe that's just B2C, consumer, uh-uh, 75% of that is B2B. So 75% of B2B purchases start with an online search. So look, your customers are looking for you 24-7, 365. Can they find you? Okay. There are seven qualities that you need. And uh, I break it down like this. It's seven qualities for selling. S-E-L-L-I-N-G. Okay? So if you want to be good at selling, there are seven qualities. So let me run through them. The first one is you have to be solution focused, all right? Especially now, if you're trying to sell during COVID times, you have to sell what's most important to customers. So you have to be solution focused. So you have to find out, okay, what's their biggest problem? What's the biggest challenge they're facing right now? And do I have the answer to that question? Do I have the solution to that problem? Can I articulate that to my customer? So now more than ever, Look, I hear some people saying, I hear this, it drives me crazy. How do you sell when nobody's buying? A lot of people are buying. What are you talking about? How many of you on this call didn't buy anything since COVID started? That's preposterous. There are things, obviously, we're buying things. Some things we buy more of, some we buy less of, but we're still buying, all right? 
So a lot of people are buying right now. We, you know, we, we, we're buying all the time. I, I, I feel like we're spending more now than before. I don't know what's going on. Okay, but we're, and I, I'm working from home, but I'm busier than ever. What's happening? What's happening? All right. So everybody's, you know, people are buying. So that's a myth, but they're only buying things that they feel will solve a problem. They're buying things that are important to them that will help them reach their goals. Consumers and also businesses. You can sell to businesses now. Now, some budgets are shrinking and some are being reallocated and some are putting things on hold. That's true for some. But any business that operates needs things to operate. All right? So in our business, we need stuff. Right? We have to purchase things, otherwise our business will shut down. There are certain things that you need to operate, whether it's computers, laptops, modems, routers, lights, microphones, phones. There's technology stuff. So if you're in tech, you need it. Zoom is doing great right now. Netflix is doing great right now. Groceries and delivery services are doing great right now. If you're a restaurant, you need to pivot from sit-down restaurant right to to takeaway and delivery. So look, I'm getting off track a little bit, but you know, you talk about Darwinism, and people always say that Darwinism is, is survival of the fittest. Well, they're wrong. It's not about being fit, it's those who adapt. Species that adapt will survive. So you need to adapt in your business and change things up, okay? So look, you gotta be solution focused. What's most important to your customer? The E in selling is ethical. You've gotta be ethical. These are the traits that I look for when I hire people to join my sales team. They've got to be ethical. What does that mean? Honest, fair, truthful, full disclosure to customers. They act in the best interests of their customers, not themselves. They're not doing it for their quota. They're doing it for their customers. That's really important so that they'll be trusted by their customers. So you've got to have this baseline of ethics. Now, ethics can't be trained or taught. I'm sorry. Ethics can't be learned. You either are ethical or you're not. So if you want to succeed in sales in the long term, you need to be ethical. Now, look, there's a lot of unethical people in sales. They don't last long. They're liars, cheats, swindlers, snake oil salesmen, and they don't last. They have to run from town to town, industry to industry, job to job, and hope that their past doesn't catch up with them. I don't want you to be those people, and I know that no one here on this call is. You're all ethical, all right? But that's, that's what you need to look for when you're hiring sales reps. Uh, next is you got to be a good learner. So the first L in selling is a learner. You've got to be willing to learn new things. You can't be someone that is just so, um, you know, hey, it's my way or the highway, or I've been doing sales for 20 years, so what are you going to teach me? Oh, well, excuse me. I mean, come on. Everybody can learn. I've written books on sales. Uh, we're a market leader in APAC. I still listen to podcasts on sales, read books, watch videos, because I always want to be learning. I'm a lifelong learner. Are you? So the most successful salespeople and business owners are lifelong learners. I always tell people, learners are earners. The more you learn, the more you will earn. You become resourceful, knowledgeable. You can do things that you couldn't do before and you're more valuable to your customers. 
So the first is solution focused, the second is ethical, and the third is you've got to be a learner. Because learners are earners, all right? So hire people that are willing to learn. Don't hire people that think they know it all. They will never learn. You know, there's that expression, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> now, it's not saying that old people can't learn, but do they have an old mindset? That's the thing. Do they have an old mindset or do they have a learner's mindset, a, a beginner's mindset? Hire people with a beginner's mindset. So that's learners. Uh, the fourth tip is you've got to be a good listener. Listener, all right? You've got to be the kind of person that asks a lot of questions. You've got to be curious. I'm always telling the folks on my sales team, ask more questions. Ask them why, what, how, who, when, where. Be genuinely curious about your customers. Don't take anything they say at face value. Sometimes you have to challenge a little bit. You've got to push back. You've got to clarify. But you've got to ask a lot of questions. So there's this 80-10-10 rule that I have for sales. It's an 80-10-10 rule. You need to listen 80% of the time to customers. You listen 80% of the time. Then 10% of the time, you're asking questions. What do you need? Why do you need it? How do you need it? What have you tried before? What's worked? What hasn't? What goals do you want to achieve? Um, you know, what have you invested in the past? How much is it costing you to not solve this problem? Blah, blah, blah. 10% is asking questions, 80% is listening, and then that leaves 10%. That 10% is for selling. All you need, all you need is 10%. And 10% of talking, if you've asked the right questions, if you've asked the right questions and you've listened, then it's easy to propose the solution. All right, so it's an 80-10-10 rule. Uh, so the I in selling is industrious. Industrious, hardworking, productive, diligent, thorough, conscientious. You know what I'm saying? That is industrious. So you've got to be a hard worker. Look, a lot of people, you hear this expression. You hear this expression today. Ooh, I don't work hard, I work smart. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. Any successful person you've ever met or talked to, uh, yes, yes, they work smart. Of course they work smart. And they darn well work hard. You trying to tell me that, that Warren Buffett, Jack Ma, you trying to tell me that these guys, right, the founders of Tata, you're trying to tell me that these guys never worked hard? Darn right they worked hard. So you have to work hard and work smart. Don't think that you can take shortcuts and cut corners and just work a two-hour day. All right? I work very smart, and I also work very hard. All right? So you got to work hard. That's the key. So you got to be industrious. And then the last two, the N in selling is neighborly. You've got to be friendly, outgoing, positive, helpful, useful to customers. you got to smile. People, people like people like them, right? So you've got to be approachable. Nobody wants to work with a jerk. Nobody wants to work with someone who's not fun to work with. So if all things are equal and you've got two equally skilled people and one person is, 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 is neighborly, friendly, helpful, thoughtful, 
This person will win every single time. And then finally, the G in selling is goal-oriented. You've got to be goal-oriented. Top salespeople are always focused on a goal. They've got a target. They've got KPIs. They're looking at it. They're looking at how many calls did I make? How many calls did I schedule? How many demos or presentations did, did I run? Um, they're looking at their sales targets and their actual. They're always obsessed about the numbers. They focus on goals, whether it's revenue, um, market share, market penetration, profitability, whether it's conversion rate, they're always looking at the numbers. Customer acquisition, they're goal-oriented. So the more goal-oriented you are, the more successful you're going to be in sales. So that's the seven keys to selling. Solution-focused, ethical, learners, listeners, industrious, neighborly, and goal-oriented. <laughs> so there was an earlier question that I, I didn't address that I want to answer real quick. Uh, the, the question was, you know, who are the salespeople? You know, uh, you know, who, who can or should sell products or services, right? So I talked about the seven qualities that you need to succeed in sales. Uh, but to that question about who should be selling, in this period, it should be everybody, all right? In this period right now, all hands on deck. Everybody in your organization is in sales right now. So look, we fortunately haven't had, it looks like the recording's been paused. In, in our business, we have not had to lay anybody off. No one's been retrenched. No one has been downsized, right-sized, laid off. No one's even taken less hours or less pay. Because we shifted our focus and we said, look, every single person here needs to have some sort of a sales role. So maybe you used to be doing mostly content creation and curriculum. Now I need you to help me with the sales. Okay? Or you were doing more website stuff. Now I need to help you. I need you to help me book appointments. Okay? So you it's all hands on deck, baby. All hands on deck. You so everybody's in sales. Anybody that touches a customer, that talks to a customer, they have to have this mindset that they're in sales. So that's number one, all right? So I hope that helps. So everybody's got to be selling right now. And the business owner needs to be leading it. The business owner has to lead by example. How can I tell my troops, how can I tell my team what they should be doing, but I'm not willing to do it myself, all right? That's a no-no, right? You've got to be willing to step up and, and lead by example and say, hey, this is how we do it. So I always want to be an inspiration to my team and show them that it's possible. Every time I close a deal, I share it in our group chat. We use Slack and I go, I just closed this deal and we did it together as a team. We all supported each other. No man is an island. Everybody helps at some point. So it creates this, this feeling of like we're all in this together. And I think that's so important right now. So there was a question someone asked about um, uh, does coaching or training help in sales? 100%. I mean, that's indisputable. So now coaching and training are not the same thing. And I know that Venu will appreciate this as a fellow ICF coach. So training is the imparting of knowledge, the imparting of skill. It's basically going, here's how to do something. Here's how to do something. Let me show you how to do something. And that's tremendously useful because a lot of people, as you can see from our sales training program, a lot of people, they don't know how to manage. They don't know how to lead. They don't know how to have the right attitude. They don't know how to present, etc., etc., etc. So we need to teach them how and give them the skills to do it. That's teaching. That's 
training. And that works, of course, especially if you reinforce it. Now, how do you reinforce it? Through coaching. Coaching, coaching is partnering with someone to inspire them to maximize their potential. All right? So roughly, that's the definition of coaching. So it's partnering with someone to get them to think differently and to try new things to maximize their potential. So what do I, what do I mean by that? I could teach you how to qualify leads effectively. Okay, you use a framework like BAND, budget, authority, need, and timeline, and you need to ask these types of questions. That's training. And we could practice it. But then the coaching picks up where training leaves off. That's where we would follow up with the coachee, with the sales rep, and go, okay, tell me, how did last week go? Did you ask these qualifying questions? How did it work for you? Which ones did you ask and, and why? Which ones did you not ask? Why didn't you ask those ones? What was their response when you asked them? And then how did you respond to their response? And then you can give them a few tips, or why don't you try this on for size, or maybe next time you could try that. And then you set them with clear goals to hold them accountable. Okay, by next week, I want you to ask at least three qualifying questions for every inquiry you talk to. You set a goal. And then the following week, you follow up by asking them, how did you do? What's better since last week? So th this is just a very simple example of how to coach and the distinction between training and coaching. But at the end of the day, people need to know how to do something. So training is critical whether it's on the job, whether it's internal, or whether it's external and working with a training company with an e-learning platform like we do. All of you guys could sign up for SoCo Academy. You just go on SoCoAcademy.com and you can even sign up for like $9 just to get you started with our e-learning platform. That way you start learning. Then if you need coaching, then you can talk to us about maybe engaging us to coach you and work with you and hold your hand week in, week out, to make sure that you consistently adopt these desired selling behaviors. That's coaching, and it works. Everybody has to sell. Look, when you walk into a store, all right, when you walk into a store, for example, and uh, every single person, every single person that you see that works there is an ambassador of the store. They're all in sales. And the experience you have with each one of those people defines your experience you have with that company overall. So if you see someone that's unfriendly, they're not helpful, if you say, hey, um, where can I find the rice? Where can I find uh, the bread? And they go, I don't know. Or, I don't know, somewhere over there. That, 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 that forms your impression of that company and has an impact on sales. But if that same person said, Oh, I, I'm happy to show you. Um, what are you making tonight? What kind of dish are you making with the rice? Oh, you're making um, you know, butter chicken. Oh, that's great. Or chicken tikka. Perfect. Why don't I show you where the chicken is? Or why don't I show you some of the different spices and herbs? They can start selling. They can start selling because they're focusing on the solution, which is the first thing, the S, right? So everybody's in sales. And it, look, even, man, even someone who's in accounting, if you're in accounting and you follow up with one of your customers around an invoice, you can even explain the invoice to them a little bit and go, yeah, so this is for 100 units. Now, before I send this off to you, um, we, we do a, a special offer right now where if you get 200 units, you get 10% off. Do you want to up your order? Can you imagine if someone in accounting did that? 
But most people in accounting just see themselves as paper pushers, paper pushers. But every single person can be in sales. The person answering your phone is the first person that any, any customer talks to. They need sales training. Everybody is in sales. It's just that simple. Yeah, th think about it. If you have a company and you've got 10 people on your staff, let's say, who are the first people to go? It's the people who either are the most expensive or they're a cost center. You understand? They're a cost center, as in they're a monthly fixed cost. It doesn't matter if I'm closing deals or not. They're just always there draining money. Now, there's a cost of doing business, but the business has to be there. Who are the last people to go? Salespeople. Because sales is the number one department that actually brings in revenue. It's just that simple. And don't let anybody tell you different. Salespeople are awesome because we are the lifeblood of every single company. If you were to fire your whole sales team tomorrow, good luck with that. Good luck with that. All right? You get rid of people in admin or operations. You could survive for quite a few months. You really could. I'm not saying it would be easy, but you could survive. You get rid of your marketing department, well, you, you know, that can last a little while, but they bring in some leads. So they're, they're next behind sales, <laughs> okay? They're next behind sales. But your salespeople, they're number one. Why? Because they are a profit center, or they should be. They should be. If you've got some sales reps that are getting too high a base salary and the commission is too low, they're not interested and they don't sell, get rid of them. You should only have salespeople on your team that are hungry and they, they don't care about the base. They don't care about the base. They're like, ah, forget the base. What are my potential commissions if I close deals? How much can I make in this company? I've pushed, they've pushed back because they wanted a higher base. I said, why are we talking about your base? I'm showing you how much money you can make because this is how much we've been making. If you're a good salesperson, you should be exceeding this. You should be exceeding this if you're good and you won't care at all about the base. You'll just be living off this beautiful commission. These are the kinds of people that you want on your team. So salespeople to me are number one, followed by marketing and then everybody else. But it starts at the top and the bosses have to sell too. <laughs> There's a lot of business people on there who are really, really good at what they do. Like they're really good at what they do, okay? They're among the best of the best. They're really good at what they do. And a lot of them hope that the quality of their work will speak for them. That's just not true. You could be the best, you could be the best construction worker or the best business owner in Hyderabad that nobody knows about because you don't know how to market yourself and you can't sell. Sales and marketing are the two most important assets that you need to run a successful business, period. So let me just, let me, let me talk quickly about hotels, hospitality, and then I'm gonna talk about yoga, all right? So here's the thing with, with hotels. Um, in Singapore, for example, and around the world, let's just say, let me just use a blanket statement. COVID has devastated the hotel industry. Let me just say that, okay? 
it's been vi it's been devastating. I, I was going to say challenging, but the word challenging doesn't do it justice. It's been devastating for hospitality. People aren't going to hotels. People aren't flying on planes. They're not traveling. They're not vacationing. Nothing. So it's been it's been devastating. Do you know how many emails and phone calls I've gotten or LinkedIn messages I've gotten from people in hospitality in the last three months? One. I don't mean hire. <laughs> no, I mean I've only had one. In the past three months, I've gotten one salesperson from hospitality reach out to me. Now, maybe you're saying, but Tom, what are they going to sell you right now? You're not going to go to their hotel. It doesn't matter. It's about filling your pipeline. It's filling your pipeline now so that in one, two, or three months, you've got bookings. You've got leads that you can go back to. You can nurture this relationship for the next two or three months. Things don't happen overnight. You've got to build it over time. This is the perfect time for brand building and positioning because nobody's doing it right now. Facebook ads, Google ads are so cheap right now because people are they're not marketing as much right now. I don't know why. But like Warren Buffett says, I love this quote, when people are greedy, be cautious. When people are cautious, be greedy. But here's the thing. Um, so hospitality, they need to be doubling down on their sales and marketing activities to at least touch with their customers and build some pipeline for the next few months. So that's hospitality. They need to be doing that. That's just one idea that they should do. Now let's move on to yoga. Now a yoga business, for example, should be doing the same thing. If you have a yoga studio, you should be reaching out to your, your customers, checking in with them, letting them know that you're still here, maybe have some post-COVID specials or promotions that you could offer them once you're open again and back to business to try to get some loyalty so people come to you. That's so important, all right? What else do you need to do? Uh, with, with the yoga studio, videos, man, online, YouTube. Get some subscribers, sell some product. This is the perfect time to maybe have a, a yoga YouTube channel and, and build up your subscriber base. Get on Facebook Live and do videos like we're doing right now, doing some poses, have a Facebook watch party. I don't know. There's a lot of things that you could be doing right now. If, if I had a yoga studio, the first thing I would do is I'd start, and I, I'm not a yogi, but I would um, start, start recording videos and I'd, put them all, I'd start a, um, a channel and I'd start selling some of these videos, how to do it at home, right? Build up some subscribers. You can still make money now, but build your brand and your following now. You guys, my secret is I'm passionate about what I do, okay? I, I probably have more passion now than when I, when I first met Venu seven years ago in Hyderabad. I'm just a bundle of energy. I love what I do. I'm passionate about, about sales and business. You know, I'm, I'm committed to it. I'm committed to you guys. I want to answer these questions. They get me excited. They get me fired up. I want to help people around the world. So for me, it's that motivation. I remember, look, I'm a big, big believer in it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. All right? That expression, I love that. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. So some of you on this session are going to be feeling sorry for yourselves. Oh my God, woe is me, 
COVID has devastated my business. It's devastated my industry. I guess I just better sit back and pray for the best. Okay? So there's people that are sitting and praying, and then those that are practicing. People who are out there and they're trying to make something happen. Now, I'm the kind of guy that if my business is going to fail, it's going to be because I gave it 110% and that wasn't enough. But I'm not going to sit back and roll over and just die. You're going to have to kill me. Okay? You're going to have to take it from me because I'm not going to give it to you. So I'm going to keep fighting. And I said this right from the beginning. I said to my team, I said, look, team, this is tough. We've got engagements are being canceled left, right, and center because I can't speak or train live and trainings have been postponed. We managed to fight, call all of our customers that canceled, and we got them all to reschedule either for post-COVID or to transfer to virtual sessions. So we didn't lose any of the pre-COVID revenue that we booked from before. <laughs> We're talking about one of the biggest countries in the world, and, and I'm now in like one of the smallest countries in the world, Singapore. And yet Singapore is a global powerhouse, all right? So I've got you know a few, a few different things that I'm going to be talking about here. But here's the thing. India is the future, all right? India is the future, all right? I've been to Hyderabad, Bangalore, Chennai, Mumbai, and I'm just scratching the surface. It's a beautiful country, and there's so much diversity there and so much intelligence and entrepreneurship. My God, you look around the world, there are very few places in the world that have the resources that India does, all right? So I believe that India is poised, poised, if you take this opportunity, if you seize this opportunity, the world is yours. So I just encourage everybody, like, see beyond India. Now look, start with India first, start. I always believe you should be the biggest fish in a small pond, all right? Biggest fish, small pond. So before you have global aspirations, dominate your state or province, dominate your city. Be the number one go-to person in your space so that everybody knows your name in your space. Then you start expanding. Then you start going out a little bit to different regions, different parts of India. Then I want you to be the number one in your industry across India. Dominate it. We're talking over a billion people. That's a massive market. Go for it. Then once you've done that, now you start looking outside globally to other markets. All right? But look, the way the world is today, how interconnected we are with social, you can form relationships globally in a heartbeat. Look at Venu and I right now. Here am I. I've done these types of sessions all around the world, and now I'm live with you guys in India. All right? This is the way of the world. So India, look, you are poised. You are in the prime position to take the world by storm. You've got some wonderful success stories. You've got the, the ingenuity. India has some of the smartest people on the planet and some of the most industrious entrepreneurs on the planet. 